I'm Stephanie Lugo, ex-corporate 9to5er turned top-producing realtor and coach. Along the way to growing a top 1% attraction-based real estate business, I became obsessed with all things marketing systems, scaling, and social. But it wasn't always easy, and I remember what it felt like to lack the confidence, direction, and know-how to make it happen. So I created the Market Authority Show to share simple, actionable, step-by-step help and inspiration to build your dream real estate business with help from timeless principles and today's cutting-edge strategies. Here, we always keep it real and never shy away from the topics that you are dying to know more about but can never get a straight answer to. Clients, growth, family balance, failure, and how to navigate an ever-changing real estate industry are just a few of the topics that we're going to tackle together. Whether you're just starting out on your real estate journey or you've been around for a while, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that you'll want in on and all are welcome here. So let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Super, super excited to have Stephanie Lugo on as a guest on Marketing and Other Markets today. I was lucky enough to be a guest on her show uh, a couple weeks ago, and I have been getting reached out to from her amazing coaching clients for the last two weeks who thought that our our styles together were a really good vibe and complimentary. So I, I absolutely had to have you on the show. So Steph, welcome to the show today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm pumped to be here. So we start every episode the same way. So just give a, give our listeners an idea. Uh, where are you located? What kind of production are you doing? And how long have you been in the business? Yeah, thanks. So um, my name is Stephanie. I am part With an of F, a- by the way. Stephanie with an F if you're searching for her. Yeah, don't come at me with that PH. <laughs> so I am part of a husband and wife team in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona. We serve Hopefully as- that's your husband, by the way. Yep. Yep. My really husband, weird if it was sure. like someone else's husband, but that's, that could be funny. <laughs> that could be like a brand idea for someone else out there. I always, I always joke that we're Bryce and Stephanie, a husband and wife duo, but I'm, I'm the wife. <laughs> um, so we, we are that typical story of where we met each other in an office romance nine to five back when we were in finance. And over time, you know, as our relationship developed, we just kind of wanted to leave the workforce back in 2014 and do it on our own. And real estate seemed like a great place to do that. So that was eight years ago, uh, just about. Um, We've been selling full time ever since then. Uh, We're a small but mighty team. So we have a little bit of support here or there. But really, we, we kind of like to think of ourselves as not so much of a lifestyle business, but while we do want to tap into all the potential that we have and service as many clients as we can, what was most important to us was building a business that was also going to like help help sustain a lifestyle that we dreamed of. So um, that that doesn't mean that we don't work hard. We we love working with our clients. Um, we do just depending uh, depending on the year. I think last year we did somewhere around eighteen million. Um, in production. And then we, we usually are around like 40, 45 units. Um, and, and to us, that's, that's really comfortable. It feels really good. And we get to work with our dream clients. And that was kind of the, the main motivating factor. We never wanted to, um, be clawing after clients who didn't respect and, and honor our time investment in them as well. Well, I love that. And I mean, like we've interviewed agents who are doing 10 million and agents who are doing hundred million. And what's fascinating is at a commission between three and six percent, eighteen million is a crap ton of business, and you can you can build a great lifestyle off that. Um, so yeah. to be able to do that in such a way where you guys are able to like enjoy life the way you want to and build a business 
the way you need to. I mean, I think that's that's unbelievable. So my first question to you is: so you, you were you guys were in finance together. What kind of finance were you in, and like what what skills did you bring from that into a career in real estate? Because for you guys to have kind of like left one career at the same time, mm-hmm. going full time into commission based sales, like that sounds risky to me. And I know a lot of people out there who are maybe new realtors who are still half a foot in at another job, like they might be battling some of these feelings. So at first the the thought was, well, Bryce was going to start first and then I was going to follow, but I was crying on my way to work every day. And he was like, fine, just join me. We'll, we'll, we'll start full time. We were in consumer finance. So we actually started at a, we met when we were working at a very well-known um, stock brokerage. Um, and I was in international tax and so, and he was in cost basis. So both of us were very, um, interconnected in working with the stock market at that time. Um, and, and just understanding, um, just how those things work on the back end, so investment side. Uh, and then we moved to another consumer finance that was like a, like consumer credit, which was also super fascinating. Um, lots of client work, but, but really the skills that we developed there was, how to speak professionalese, right? So how to write an email, how to work a workflow, how to um, thrive in structure, because any Fortune 100 company is going to be extraordinarily structured from the way that they onboard new um, new employees to the way that you treat different clients. Like there is an expectation every time. And I think that really helped us transfer those skills into real estate, whereas Many real estate agents might get in from not having that experience, or maybe they maybe they do have college education, but they hadn't really been able to 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 practice that in the real world. Real world. So we did have kind of that leg up, whereas we didn't have any knowledge at all for the real estate industry. But we understood how to speak to our ideal clients because our ideal clients were also white collar workers who are college educated and who had an expectation on how to be in a professional environment. It's super interesting to me because at the end of the day, if you break it down, you guys were trained on knowing how to speak to sell expensive investments. Yeah. And a house, I mean, arguably is the most expensive thing you could sell someone, um, but is also an expensive investment and it's an investment in a client's future. So I think to, to know and to put some importance in developing those skills, not only how to sell something, at a price point that's high, but also like how to communicate in a professional way where it imbues trust in you. I mean, I think that's absolutely huge. And so, you know, for anyone out there listening, you know, trying to work a little bit more of the professionalism into your normal lingo jargon dress uh, and how you present yourself is, is going to be huge. You know, too many people like get into real estate because they're good at sales, but when most products they've sold before, were $12 to, I don't know, maybe a car for Mm $70,000. Selling a house with an average price point these days in some markets of $400,000. I mean, we're talking about like, you know, three, a quarter of a million dollars or more in most markets with some markets being a million dollars or more. Um, So, I mean, you really need to know how to talk to that audience. Um, Even if they're not rich, you still have to talk at a level of professionalism based on the fact that houses are expensive. Almost, almost even more to the point, if they're not rich, it is their most impactful decision that they will be making for the next 15 years in terms of how they're going to grow their wealth. This is how the middle class has built and maintained their wealth for the last 40 years. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so like, even for the people who this is, this is the thing they've been dreaming about this for the last five or 10 years preparing, it matters so much to them. And you have to treat that with a white glove, even if it's only like a little below your average price point, you know? Well, and I love that you mentioned the word wealth because like we talk about in the office all the time, like rich and wealth are two different things. Like rich is having a lot of money in your paycheck at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, having wealth is, is saving more than you spend out of that amount. Um, and for most people being able for most realtors, we don't sell the fact that, that we're financial advisors in a sense, when for the average consumer out there under 40, your house is your biggest asset. And especially people like my age in their thirties who just went through the last 10 years of owning a home. It's like, it's outperformed the market at leaps and bounds. So I think like to take some tips from your financial selling friends and to learn how they sell the, the idea of an investment is a huge thing that realtors can do to really up their sales game. Yeah, I totally agree. So tell me, so what kinds of things do you guys do to go above and beyond for your clients and to, and to ensure that they're coming back? I mean, 18 million enough people that you know and love is huge. Well, like how can someone else start building towards that if they're not already at the 18 million level? So when we started in real estate, we didn't have a database. We didn't have a sphere of influence. We really didn't have any special connections. And we, we definitely didn't have money to pay for marketing and ads, right? And so what we kind of did was we just grassroots started networking with people. And we used social media to help scale that. So for example, we got our first listing just by networking in our brokerage. We met an investor who needed somebody to help him sell his home and because he, was, he just didn't feel comfortable with, with representing himself, right? So when you say networking in your brokerage, how did that lead to getting someone else's investor? Like, what does that look like? We went to every brokerage event possible. You know, and and I think that was the benefit of going full time. We recognized that if we were going to do it, we had to go full time. We had to bet on ourselves and we had to take that risk. And it was scary. We had a mortgage. We had car payments like we had responsibilities, um, but we still went ahead and did it. I just have to like stop you right there because like I've been saying this for 10 years. So many realtors want to work from home. So many salespeople want to work for like a cloud based, a cloud based place where they never have to show up. And I think those two things can be possible. Yeah. But you still have to be present, even if you're a cloud-based <laughs> brokerage, you still have to be present with other agents in your office because especially if you're paying dues to be at an office or you know a split with your broker, the number one piece of value is when you're new, especially, is picking up the scraps from all the busy agents and not even scraps. Like that investor like just didn't want to work with dual agency with a single agent that he already knows, like and trusted. So you were able to pick like pick up up um, up a sale off of someone who respected the fact that you guys are full-time all in, you guys look presentable, et cetera, et cetera. It's an easy way to get business. And I always tell new agents, like if you don't have a sphere and you're moving to the area and you don't know anyone, set coffees, lunches, or like in office meetings with the free office coffee with every single good agent there who you can develop a relationship with. They might pay you for showings. They might send you buyers. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. a million, a million ways that might go well. But the fact that you did it and now you're at 18 million six years later means it works. So please, people, listen. 
Yeah, I mean, for sure. And, and it's so interesting because um, so I am an Enneagram five, which means like, leave me alone. Give me my personal space. Don't talk to me. Let me just kind of like tinker. Right. And I'm, I'm majorly introverted. None of that felt good to me, but I was asking Bryce actually just a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, you know, when, when we were new agents, what were we doing with our time? Because now we haven't, we don't have time to just kind of like screw around and like, you know, float around throughout the day. Um, I was like, what, do, what did we do when we were new agents, when we had so much time on our hands and we weren't busy with clients? I, I was just like having this conversation with him and he goes, well, Steph, we were networking every single day. We suited up, which, you know, we, we got into our like business cash. It wasn't anything crazy. It wasn't like we were like ties and all that stuff, but, um, we got presentable. We, we did ourselves up every single day. We went out the door before 9am and we had a schedule each day. We were going to broker tours. We were previewing properties and sharing that on social media. We were going to networking events there. I mean, forget about, forget about anything else. You can have a free lunch every single day in this business. If you just go to a freaking class, that's what that's mortgage lenders are for, right? What we're here to, mortgage lenders exist. If I know, <laughs> I know you guys were our BFFs, right? So like we, we literally met as many people as we could. And I think that that was huge in a couple of different things. Number one, it helped us understand the market and understand how to have conversations with people because we we learned really quickly how to speak real estate, right? It, when you get into the business, it's like learning a new language. And so we put ourselves in the, in the position to have as many of these conversations each day as we could. Um, the second, the second thing that it did was it helped us establish rapport with other agents in the industry. So as the market started heating up, I like, I feel like I need to knock on wood before I say this, as the market started heating up, like we've been able to get multiple offers situations for our clients, um, accept, accepted. So like, we haven't had a ton of challenge competing against like 15, 20 offers because we understand how to speak to the cross agents or and because we they like have you. relationships with like, them. I like if I've met you in person, we've had a drink together or we, we know a lot of the same people because we're both on committees. Like I can't screw up when we're on the other side huh? of the transaction because like I'm accountable to you. It you does so much by making more relationships and doing more deals with them. Well, and the other part of that too, that's, that's such a great point. We also really focused on creating our social media presence and we were never worried about real estate agents friending us or following us on Instagram. Like, in fact, we, we utilize that, right? But, so, we Oh my still gosh, get... Stephanie, what if they find your amazing ideas and steal <laughs> your business and clients? That's what, that's what people say all the time when I tell them to accept friend requests, but it works, right? Like it, it, it's a connection <laughs> thing. It's so ridiculous, right? And so like our, our reputation precedes us and we, we've been able to create absolutely incredible results from our clients from working in diplomatic ways with cross agents and having these conversations and not being afraid of competition, right? So those are just a couple of things that really just helped give us the tools that we needed to, 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 to create our own luck because we didn't have any that. luck. We, had, we didn't have any, any opportunities handed to us, but, but we were able to create our own luck each time. I absolutely love it. So on that story of like the first investor you work with. So what do you still mainly work with like a lot of investor types or what's no. the general mix of your business? Um, who, what, what do the customers look like? No, we're, we're primarily working with people who have become like friends for life. Right. So, so we grew our database from scratch. We had a really clear sense of the niche, like the market niche we wanted to work with. 
And at the time, working with first-time homebuyers was really simple and easy. Um, there were, was you were probably in that same general yeah, age group. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, for sure. And then now over time, since we have cultivated that database and that network, like every time we have a closing, that is our first transaction with that client. We don't look at that as like, oh, that's a closing. That's the start of our work with that client. And so now we have um, mostly referrals and repeat clients, which is absolutely incredible. And those individuals are selling their homes that they bought for 250. They're selling them for 500 or more, which is awesome. And then they are buying at close to a million. <laughs> Right. So like, like that's how your business grows exponentially where you suddenly don't have to do as many transactions. Cause like, I love working in real estate, but I don't want to have to do twice the amount of work for the same paycheck. Right. Is well, that fair to you know, say? You have like a, you know, it's not horrible to say, I think every industry in theory should be the same, but I think, you know, too often you mentioned like that your relationship starts at close really like yeah. it grows exponentially close. And I think in every other industry and even in college, right? Like when you take marketing classes, you're taught that there's this like marketing funnel and like everything starts here and ends here, but realistically, like the marketing funnel then starts again. Like, and yeah, goes, it inverts. It goes upside down. It inverts because at closing, it's the new start of the relationship. And yeah. it's actually, in my opinion, like we talk about customer lifetime value, CLV uh -huh. in every other industry, that's where all the effort goes to. But in real estate, all the effort goes into like getting the initial lead and mm -hmm. those initial leads kind of suck. Right. Like you yeah. might get a hundred and you might close two or three, but those yep. three close, if you invest that same amount of time as you put into calling and scrubbing and crappy emails to all the, all the hundred leads after close and come up with some really cool strategies and steps, it's huge. I mean, you almost need to like have a couple hours a week in your calendar of like, what am I doing for my past clients? Like who's on what step in their process? What anniversary, home, home buyer anniversaries do I have? What like special events in their lives are happening that I need to celebrate? Like, and having a couple things time blocks that you can do to celebrate your after-closed clients rather than just like, let's take some time and work some more crappy leads. You know, it's, it's really interesting because that is where the money is. Like that's where you create exponential growth in your business. But for a lot of agents, it's just not sexy. Like they're thinking about leads. They're thinking about the next deal. They're thinking about the next new person. And I am one of the mind where I don't want to generate more leads. I don't want to talk to new people. <laughs> I want to talk to the people that I already like and have them send yeah. me their friends who I know I'm going to get along really well with. And well, it, it's one of those things where because everyone's focused on leads all the time, more people are naturally focused there because it sounds like the problem. Like, yeah. it always, like anytime it's you're like, oh, I want to make more though. money or I want to change my business, it always seems like the problem is leads. But realistically, whenever someone comes into my office for a marketing meeting, I want to find out exactly what they're doing now to figure out what they're not doing. And if they're not already doing the easy marketing, which is marketing to people that you are that already know and like you, that you already have trust with, like there's a 0% chance I'm going to help you with postcards to a farm or like circle prospecting random area, by the way, both of which have their place and are amazing tactics right. in their own respect. But they're amazing things if you're already doing all the low-hanging fruit with people you, that already know, like, and trust you. Mm -hmm. So tell us, what are some of the things that you do to market to your sphere, um, to those people that you love that you want to get more business from? Yeah. So one thing that I think a lot about is that we're, <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong, real estate agents are not taught how to treat their clients with empathy. 
I would agree. My uh, cl close realtor friend of mine actually markets herself as the empathetic realtor. Oh, I and love most, that. It's like the opposite for most. That's beautiful. It's so true. And so what we do is one of our guiding values in our in our organization is we operate by extreme empathy. And what that means is taking a moment to walk in our client's shoes, right? And a lot of times real estate agents are like, well, I don't know how to treat my database. I don't know what to say after the close because like it's closed. Like, what do I do after that? But what we do is we've, we've, we go all in on our database and I'll, I'll share the distinction between a database and a sphere of influence. A sphere of influence is like everybody that you've ever met, that you know on a first name basis, that you have some loose or deep connection with. Your database is those top relationships that you actually build into like a quote unquote Rolodex. Um, and those are the individuals that you are directly marketing to, developing your, your relationships with intention. And so we have our database and we have a focus to nurture and grow that database. And that is the core marketing strategy that we have to generate leads. And we look through the lens of our clientele. We try to understand where they are in the cycle of homeownership and how the market is impacting them. And that guides everything that we do, right? So we do whatever, you know, what a lot of agents do. We send newsletters, we have homeowner consultations, we're checking in. We Talk, do tell me more about the homeowner consultations. These, these are for people that are in your database that likely own homes, obviously. Yeah. So these are, well, I mean, you can do them for for so so for example, there's there's a couple of different kinds of homeowner consultations you might do. New agents who don't have any past clients, who have individuals that they know are going to support their, their business, for example, can give a homeowner consultation every year to people in their database who own homes. And it's like, hey, this is not a sales pitch. I know you're not looking to move anytime soon, but this is your most important asset. And I want to be on that path as your guide in real estate, as long as you have this investment. And so what I'd like to do is just spend 10 to 15 minutes and share with you a quick CMA, a breakdown of what your um, investment is doing and how the impact, how the market is impacting that this year. Right. And then you could ask for referrals after giving all of that value. You can refer them other trades that you need. Right. So that's kind of like the basic homeowner consultation that you can do with anybody in your database who owns a home, whether or not they bought with you. Right. So yeah. you can get into the habit of doing that every year. And that's an incredible face to face that you can do. I love that. I just talked to an agent who is doing homeowner consultations where that's part one, but she has a part two. And part two is they have like a homeowner checklist of like 20 things in your house to check like four times a year. And yeah. it's like things as basic as like, um, they, they will either send you the list if you're like a, like a lower end client, like someone who is just kind of in their database and it's like change your furnace filters, uh, check to make sure this is tight. Look at your, um, oil the this. So we do, we do that in our quarterly mailers. Quarter, you do it <laughs> quarterly too. We do quarterly for, mailers that we send out. So seasonally, right? I love that. Like everyone should be doing this for hiring clients. They actually send a contractor out yeah. four times a year and they physically go through a 21 point checklist and tighten things, screw things in, change the light bulbs. I mean, like check the smoke detectors for safety. I mean, they're doing all this stuff and it's value that like you wouldn't get anywhere else, but also like it's one more touch point because then the realtor can call afterwards and say, Hey, how did it go? Like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We found out that our water heater was about to explode and the contractor saved it before, before it happened. I mean, and you know, what's incredible on there. What's incredible about that. So some agents um, go the route of paying 2,500 bucks a month for new leads on Zillow. 
Other agents spend maybe $99 for a consultation per per homeowner on that a month, right? And if you are developing the right um, relationships with those types of contractors, they'll do it for you for free. So like our people do free sewer scopes. They do free roof consultations. We have people who do AC, um, you know, AC checks, very cool diagnostics. Cause like here in Phoenix, the AC really matters. The HVAC system is like crucial to our ability to survive. Right. Um, And so, so we've been able to develop these relationships with different trades who like do this at either free or very discounted rates for our clients. And they, you know what I mean? Like, like, it's just, it's just that extra step of thinking about how can I loop in other people yeah. in my community? What relationships can I leverage here to provide a really awesome experience that gets people feeling amazing? I love that. And it's a great way to like, you know, help everyone in your database to support each other. Like mm-hmm. every single client that you have, they do something for a living or they have some hobby or they're active somewhere and they could be a benefit to someone else in your database. So like, you just have to put the critical thinking in there. Because if you're the one that puts all that together, you're now a big deal for two different people in your in in your database, and yeah. you can really really have some fun. I, I absolutely love that. So tell me, like I know social media is one of your guys' huge focuses. So what are some of the cooler things you've been doing on social? What are maybe like what's one of the top posts or reels you've done this year that's had a lot of attention um, that someone else out there could do? So, so my approach on social media is, is a little bit different. I'm, I'm much less focused on creating original content than I am making sure that I'm engaging with people because social media for me is a way to stay in touch with my database, but also reach new people that I could be incorporating into my database. So I'm engaging way more than I'm creating social media content. I might create like one or two posts per week on Instagram, which is my primary platform. Um, that is where I get a ton of business. Um, but it's not because I'm creating a bunch of content that's like flashy or wow. In fact, I find that the less content I create, the more time I have to engage. And that's really what drives results for me. So I'm leaving comments. I'm starting conversations in the direct messages. I'm sending posts to other people. I'm reaching out to new people. It's a lot more about engagement than creating content these days. Which is the opposite of what every salesperson in every other industry does, right? Like we're yeah. taught that social media is there to shout rather than to listen, but there's Ooh. so much more value you can get when you yes. listen for five seconds, right? Like I, it's super funny. Cause like half of my guests recently have been introverts, like, right. They brand themselves as introverts and introverts are good at listening. So they have a lot of these strategies versus like all the people talking about what to post, what to post, what to post. Posting is important. You do have to post a little bit, right? Like people mm-hmm. need to know that you're a realtor they need to know that you offer some value, but none of your posts need to be about like boring real estate things. They can be about your family, life, wine, whatever you're into, yeah. um, but they have to be followed up with messages. And, you know, I think all you have to do is like schedule your time to listen, because if you just like go on social media and say like, oh yeah, like I read all my newsfeed. Well, that's a giant waste of time. But if you go on and say, I read my newsfeed and I, I looked at what people were up to, and I did a follow-up with 25 of them. That could be a Facebook message, a text message, a call. Maybe you sent them a handwritten note because their kids won the spelling bee or whatever the heck it was. Mm-hmm. Um, action, action, action. But that action doesn't need to just be posting. Unless for me, if I see something really cool that someone else posted, I think, how could I post something similar? And then oftentimes it's a win. Yeah. And when I, when I am posting, again, I'm revisiting that value of empathy. 
And I'm trying to interpret things that are happening in the world that might be impacting my people, right? So for example, a lot of my clients who have been thinking about buying this year are seeing the market change and shift, and they're seeing a lot of scary clickbaity type news headlines. They're hearing a lot of conflicting advice online, and they don't really have that voice of reason to help guide them to understanding how to make a decision in such a complex market environment that we're in right now. And so I might create a post that speaks directly to them and helps them find some sort of clarity or comfort in that, hey, the world isn't totally ending when it comes to real estate. It might in other areas. (laughs) But when it it comes to real estate, these are actually the benefits of where we are today. And this is um, how, how we're helping people. So we really focus on like the actual transformation that we're helping our clients achieve. Um, wherever they are in the cycle of home ownership. And we're offering a lot of encouragement there. And that might be like 20% of what I post and the rest is all personal. And personal is the best because it gives people a glimpse into who you are as a person. It makes them think like, oh, wow, she's like me. She'd be a good fit for me. Like, oh, hey, like Stephanie also has like two little kids. I have two little kids. If I'm buying a house, I want a professional realtor. Absolutely. I want a realtor who's doing decent business. So they have some connections. Like, I kind of like want you to get it if my kids are being total turds at the showing. Uh-huh. Like, I kind of want you to get it when like there's Cheerios in the back of like everywhere that my kids have been. That's that's yours. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, if we have to leave a showing because like one of them is having a meltdown, um, I want you to get it. And I know you also like people like working with people that are similar to them, you know, because it, it's it's a safety thing. Yeah. And, it, and it's also again, this is, you have to be empathetic, right? So if you're shouting about you, 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 and your production and sharing open houses and new listings, who is that serving? Like that's serving your interests, that's serving your benefits. And it's not really doing anything for the people who are on the other side of it. And so that's why it's so important to be able to think about where they are in that time and really speak to them, share stories that are impactful to them, not just highlighting you as the hero. Because if we know anything from really solid storytelling, great storytelling does not make you the hero. It makes your client the hero. And so always thinking about things from that lens is really important. Well, and I also think it's like, it creates like a persona, right? Like, so most people out there in the world don't understand like exactly what you do, what you do for a living, right? Like, yeah. Oh, they hear you work in real estate. Well, Jesus, that could mean commercial. That could mean residential. Maybe you only do investors. Maybe you only do, you know, you work for an assisted living home. Maybe you only do rental properties. It, people just, it doesn't click until they hear the story about the person that you helped that is similar to them. People yeah. will realize that you can help them because you shared a story of someone who was in their shoes that you helped. And they're like, oh my God, that's exactly my situation. You have to create relatable stories and experiences and go to market that way. Like I could tell, I tell the story, I've probably told this on the podcast a hundred times, but a realtor probably eight years ago sold me my first rental property. And she basically called me and said, Hey, I know, um, I know you and your wife are about to have your first kid. I know that you're, you know, savvy, you work in real estate. So you believe in the market. I have a rental property. You can put that's for sale. It's cheap. You can put this on a 15 year loan. It'll be paid off right when you're starting to think about college. And then your kid could either rent it out or live in it, or you could sell it either way. It's a good investment. And I was like, sold. I think I looked at the property for five minutes. It passed inspections. I bought it. And literally 10 years later, like that property is, I owe close to nothing on it and it will be paid off well before my kid goes to college and it should pay for college anywhere in the world he wants to go to. Uh, But she, she sold it to me based on the persona of like, it's an investment 
not it's a house. Like I know I could buy a house. I, I was very well aware that I could buy a house, but I hadn't thought of it like that. And she sold the story and the the idea rather than the house. So yeah, yeah. And look at the look at the transformation that you're that you're on the on the path to creating. Yeah. You're you're right. you're creating something that is going to be a, a tangible asset that can help give options. And that's a transformation that people want when they're talking about wealth. People don't want wealth to be able to look at the numbers in their account. It has to translate to something tangible. And that's what she did for you, which is incredible. And that's what a good realtor, a great realtor can do. So they can present opportunities that you wouldn't have thought about. So yeah. Stephanie, I love talk. I could talk to you all day long, <laughs> but I know you probably want to get back to your kids and I need to get some emails out and probably spend some time with my kids. But, um, you know, if someone is in the Arizona area, like how could they work with you and your husband? I think that the best way to connect is always via Instagram. That is kind of the the hub where we all hang out. So Instagram at Bryce and Stephanie. Um, and I'm sure you can link to that in pertinent places. Yeah. Um, but we're always happy to help your referrals or just, you know, pick pick our brain about the market. And you've already given me a ton of advice. And I know you also have a coaching business that <laughs> is killing it because your um, your coaching students actually recommended that we we talk again. Um, oh, so how would, um, if there's an agent out there, a sales professional that wanted some coaching from you to, to get more ideas, how would they, how would they find out more? I hope real estate agents create a scalable and sustainable real estate business, right? So creating a business that you love and that's going to benefit your life, not the other way around. Um, so again, Instagram is a great place to connect and learn more about that. And I also share a lot of tips on YouTube at Stephanie Lugo, just search my name and I'll pop up one way or another. Um, and I share a lot of tips. You can kind of learn a little bit about how I operate, how I coach, what my style is. And then from there, you can decide if you want to reach out. By the way, I'm going to give like one little pitch for your coaching business here. There's a lot of coaches out there, like millions, like there's almost probably more coaches than there are realtors these days. Um, And I think there's a huge piece of value in finding a coach that's doing Stephanie's volume business. That's 18 to, you know, to 30 million. A lot of coaches out there are amazing and they are doing a hundred million or 50 million. And the problem is if you're a brand new agent, you're not necessarily going to be speaking the same language as that person who's doing 30 times more than you've ever, ever fathomed, right? Like you're scraping to like get dinner for your family and, and they made a million five last year. I mm-hmm. think they, they definitely have value. They definitely can help you. Um, but I think there is something to be said for finding someone that's like two or three steps ahead of you, like Stephanie and her husband, and not like 80 steps ahead of you. Because the other piece is that you want someone when you, when you're looking for a coach, you want someone that can respond to the current, that can teach you to the current market that we're in. Someone that's actively working in it. And there's a lot of coaches out there who aren't actively, who aren't actively selling and who haven't done so in a while. So to find someone that can, that is still growing their business, even in the current market is absolutely huge because it's going to give you like real world actionable tips. Thanks, Matt. I couldn't agree more. No problem. Well, (laughs) uh, Stephanie, it was lovely to talk to you. Uh, I can't wait to do this again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in. A high five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. 
And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to the marketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.